0: Welcome fighter fans to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with me your host Sean Bastow joined by Johnston Brown. We're going to be talking about all the news and gossip and the weekend's action in this reaction episode. So before we get into the episode guys as always go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod and on Facebook at BTR Boxing Podcast as well and you can subscribe to the podcast for free on any podcasting app Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, even Eat Sleep, Boxing Repeats YouTube channel. Get on there, subscribe, show the love, give us a rating, give us a review, let us know what you're th- feeling about the podcast and what you're thinking about it. So Johnston, let's get into it then. This has been such a, a debatable, subjective week and it's not even something that's happened in the ring, it's something that's happened Outside the ring, so the predominant focus is going to be talking about what's happened with Dillian White and these testing. And is he a drug cheat? Is he not a drug cheat? Eddie Earns looking a bit rattled. What's going on? Lots to discuss, and we will also cover the boxing as well.
1: Yes, yes, it was a good, a great fight this weekend uh, between uh, Hooker and Ramirez. Really, really good, good fight. One of the. Um, fight of the year so far for me. I thought it was a great scrap. Um, so, yeah, important, you know, that's, that's what's important here is, you know, these guys have put on a great show for us. So, let's, let's discuss that. But obviously, you know, the big topic is obviously and White and, uh, you know, he's obviously tested positive for an A sample. So, we'll go into that. But, yeah, I, I admit I was really gutted to read the news. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go with it. Let's see, it's just, <laughs> let's see what you are Sarshan.
0: Well, I think... Everybody that's listening is probably going to want to listen to us talk about the White situation first. So although Hooker and Ramirez was a fantastic fight, and we will come on to that, I think there's no better place to start, really. I think the Dillian White situation is hot on the lips of everybody at the moment. And this is... it's crazy, isn't it? Because, like, all week it's just been... And what's even more crazy about everything is that... In the space of a week, we've had the passing of two fighters as a result of injuries sustained in the ring, and then we've had Dillian White. Now... Everything seems to be pointing towards the Dillian White situation. Everybody seems to be forgetting on social media. Two guys have died in the ring in the space of a week here. I know not everybody is forgetting about it, but everything's just marred by this whole situation with Dillian White and what the backing facts are around it and what little facts we've actually got out there to be even able to debate about. But I wanted to bring to the attention really about the two lads that died in the ring. We obviously had Maxime Dadyshev died in the ring after his fight the the previous weekend, the same weekend as Dillian White's fight in Rivas. And then we also had Hugo Santillan as well, who also passed away as a result of injuries in a fight the same weekend, which it's just it's just really, really sad to see. And, and obviously we, we forget about the sport and we forget that these guys are in there to actually provide entertainment as well as be competitive and try to, to win titles and make a better life for the family. And a lot of people forget about that, especially the Trolls on Twitter and Facebook they you know they sit there and slag these fighters off for not performing in a fight or this, that on the other but yeah look at what happened these guys have, have, have now left their families behind left their kids behind all for the sake of, of entertainment of people like us oh
1: yeah com- I, I completely agree with you, Sean um, it was, it's been really tragic with Sadishev uh, and Hugo uh Santillan. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing his, his name right. Yeah, um, it, it's just it's, it's awful, isn't it? Really, that two guys could uh, step into the ring um, and and obviously come out and, and and basically lose their lives. I mean, it's, it's tragic, it really, is. And, and also, know that uh, you know you, you we can't forget um, um, the two guys that they fought: um, Mateus and uh, Eduardo Javier. Uh, and brew, if I'm pronouncing again, I'm probably mad at these guys' names. It's a terrible thing. Yeah, really, I should really try to pronounce his name a bit better. But you know, these guys are having a difficult time. They've just been in a fight, and the guys lost their lives. It's not going to be easy for them either. Um, you know, we've had it not too long ago with Dex Bellman and he even contemplated retiring. Um, now he's gone on to win an English Light Everyweight title. But, you know, it's it's, it's, sad. it's so sad and it does get overshadowed. You know, these two guys have just lost their lives at the end of the day. So, you know, that should be, you know, the main talking point as to how we can, you know, how we can move forward and try to make this sport as safe as possible.
0: It was interesting that on Twitter there was a few people creating debates about certain things going on in boxing and one of them that came up was... I, I, and this is probably going to make a lot of people laugh but there was one particular guy on Twitter that I, I interact with quite a lot and he was talking about sort of video action replays about early and late stoppages and should, should we try and bring him into to boxing and I just wanted to get your thoughts on the logic behind that. I mean, I obviously give my thoughts on it about... Referees doing a good or a bad job, and my this is my take on that situation. So, referees are obviously the the men, the men in the middle. They're the men that make the decision, a split second decision. Sometimes people can accuse them of doing things a little bit too soon. Sometimes people can accuse them of doing things a little bit too late. Ultimately, each referee has their own interpretation of how the fight is going down and how they feel the fighter on the defence is doing and whether they should stop the fight. So, giving two comparisons here of this. When we had Froch versus Grove number one... Howard Foster stepped in... For what a lot of people believe was too soon. And there was, I think the majority of people felt it was a, a stoppage which was too soon. But then just look at Fury and Wilder last year. When Fury got decked, completely decked... I think a lot of other referees would have just waved it off there and then... Because he looked like it was a completely out code. And he didn't get up until the count of, what, 7-8... When he finally got up onto his feet. So the referee Jack Rice at the time... Uh, Reese de- decided that you know he felt like Fury was in the condition to continue, and that is why he decided to to let that happen and let that count happen. Other referees might have just stopped that fight there and then and gone, no, he's out caught I'm I'm going to stop it there and then. But he obviously seen something in Fury where he felt, yeah, he's actually fine. He's just taking the time he needs to take to recover from that knockdown. So it's very subjective. But video action replays in boxing, I mean, come on. Seriously?
1: The the trouble is, uh, video, I I don't really see, I don't think it has a place. I mean, mean, the trouble is, you talk about those two fights in particular, you bang on to use them as a comparison because Tyson Fury obviously went on and he actually Done enough to probably win the round. That round after that big knockdown. So in actual fact, the referee was well within his rights to let him continue. And I'm glad that everybody else, I'm sure, is glad he did. Um, but you know, even looking at, the, I'm not. We don't want to speak too much about the fight yet. But the Hooker fight, for instance, I've seen a few people say that that when Ramirez caught him with that left hook, that was when it should have been stopped. But you know, when you watch it quickly, you know, Hooker is a little bit on wobbly legs, and then obviously, you know, he comes in and finishes him off. Uh, it was a you know a great combination, great style. But people have questioned the referee. There is why did he take so long? I mean, the trouble is when you watch it on slow motion replay, it probably looks like the referee's taking a bit too long. But as you say, it's a split decision. You know, it, it, the referee has to make a decision literally now. Like it, he's got to let a fighter have the chance to continue. You know, to show that maybe he could come back. There are fighters that can do that. Um, maybe that's where re- reputation will follow certain fighters. Maybe someone like Tyson Fury, or even like you mentioned, Carl Frotch, if it was in the other, you know, in that first round, for instance, you know, when the shoe was in the foot, when Gross put him down, was he in a fit state to continue when, when Gross continually nailed him? I mean, some referees again could have stopped it then so I think it depends on the fighter and what reputation he brings and whether he's shown a granite chin or he shows he can come back and he's got that in him to to manage to fight on Um, I'm not with replays I don't see the point I think you've got you've got to just you know, with referees, they need to be taught, they need to learn it always, every, all the time, throughout all the years of watching boxing uh, back in the old, old days. You know, it was the 10 count. And if somebody managed to get to their feet in 10, no matter what sort of condition they're in, they just continue to fight. So it's come a long way in terms of what it used to be. It is safer in that respect. But I don't think replays are going to make any difference, in my opinion.
0: I don't either. It was just something that it was brought up on Twitter about the the, the stoppage of the fight between Hooker and Ramirez being in some people's eyes quite late and that's what brought the debate up and I know we've kind of completely gone off topic from initially talking about why but I felt like it was something we needed to touch on the fact that two people had lost their lives and then we had exactly. the fight with Hooker and Ramirez where some people felt it was it was too late and could that have caused any further injuries if more punches had got through it's such a difficult difficult decision to make as a referee, the thing is British Boxing Border Control have their own rules. And regulations about the referees and how the referees should act and conduct themselves and enforce and, and the rules inside of the ring. But ultimately, the referee is the one that makes that final decision at that split second, and they're the ones that are—they are the ones that are accountable for it. It's as simple as that. They are accountable for the decisions that they make inside of that ring at that time. So, if they feel that a fighter is is in danger of getting hurt, too bad then he's obviously going to stop the fight. But if he feels the fight is actually blocking a few more of them shots than what it actually looks like to people around ringside or on the TV, then he's going to allow that fight to continue. And that's the difference between... Obviously, a fighter stopping it, uh, a fighter being stopped too early or too late, the referee's ultimately making that decision. Obviously, there's been some bad instances in the past where you think, Whoa, that was a bit too early, or Whoa, that was a bit too late, (laughs) and that's going to happen. But the bigger issue in boxing for me is poor judging, so I'd rather see money get put into the judging systems and rigorously training judges in a certain way to make sure fights are correctly scored than I would about video action replays about early and late stoppages because you don't get as many of controversial early or late stoppages then you do bad decisions you get a lot more bad decisions practically every week there's at least one bad card out there somewhere in the world so I'd rather see money go into that to be honest with you that that's my thoughts on it
1: yeah I, I completely agree with you I think I think that's definitely the better route to go Dan. Um also people were you know they will always pinpoint a referee when in actual fact sometimes it's down to the fighters down to the corner you know these these coaches that they've been with the trainers have been working with they know their fighters inside out and the fighters should know themselves I mean we had it with with dave allen and people have mentioned this dave allen quit against david price you know when he went back to his corner he's openly said he'd come out and he said he literally could see five of price and he decided to call the fight off himself so he felt he had blurred vision you know you're not going to continue with blurred vision and this is where again you get into that debate where people jump straight on it and go well we quit straight away and and this is where you've got to be careful you know we've had we've had these two deaths and uh, i mean even the Hugo death, for instance, where I think he's called him holding him up while they were announcing the scorecard before they took him to hospital, like is yeah. before he plummeted to the ground. Yeah. That you know, that that's not right, and that's down to the that is down to the corner. That's down to your being able to know your fighter and they obviously didn't know their fighter because you know they should have if forget what the flipping result is let's get him into hospital whether that would make any difference or not we don't know you know it's in hindsight now but at the end of the day it's the corner as well and the fighter themselves that also have to take some responsibility it's not all about the referee and i'm 100% with you. that judging has been poor um and it's all it will continue to be poor week in week out and i think they need to start seeing from the same sheet so there is no more controversies. It's always gonna be there, don't get me wrong, but some of these judges uh some of these scorecards have been horrific.
0: And that's the problem, mate. That is the problem and I totally agree with it. And I just felt like it was a, a good topical subject to bring into the podcast this week because of obviously the surrounding factors that have happened with the the passing of two fighters and then obviously we've got, you know, the, the, the light stoppage, so to speak, of, of Hooker and Ramirez. So there's that to to sort of bring into this episode today. So I'm really glad I've been able to sort of bring it up and talk about it because these are really really debatable subjective topics that get discussed all the time over social media. But we really wanted to talk about the white situation. That's what's on everyone's lips at the moment. Obviously it's just going around the houses like wildfire and as I said earlier it's it's sad state of affairs when a uh, potential drugs issue is overshadowing the fact that two fighters have lost their lives as a result of partaking in the sport. But we're here to talk about that as well. So the Dillian White situation then <sighs> It's a case of of, of kind of what do you interpret from all the information that has been released and what facts are there out there for you to actually jump on and say, oh, I believe this has happened and this hasn't happened. I don't personally believe that there's enough information out there for me to uh, yet make an actual subjective... Uh, objective, sorry, an objective decision on how I think things have gone down because I don't think we're being fed enough information legitimately from, from Eddie Hearn, from from Dillian White themselves, because there is legal cases going on behind the scenes. We can only really go off what has been reported and even that might not be correct to the fact either. So it's difficult. But do you, do you honestly believe in your mind that Delian white has as has done something wrong do you believe he's intentionally done something wrong here or not
1: uh, I'm pretty much the same as you in terms of I it's difficult to make an assessment on the information that we're getting uh, so I suppose let's break it down so it, he tested positive for a sample and, you know I'm, it's, again it's, it's it's a bit of a, a bit skeptical in terms of what exactly it is he's taking. People have actually said that now, I've read articles, I've read other people talking about it, and people have mentioned that he's taking specific drugs. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not that knowledgeable on what those drug drugs actually are. Um I mean I funnily enough, I mean I work in the finance team for for uh, for the NHS, so but I've got a pharmacy team opposite me. And it wasn't actually this this actual white situation that that made me speak to uh, someone that works in the in in, uh, <laughs> in their pharmacy but um i spoke it was, i think it was the miller fight. Um, and, and you know the, the funny thing is i mean i'm not i'm not going to make excuses for anyone here it was actually that the, they're actually general practitioners they will issue you drugs and they don't even know what's in it um you know it'd it be literally you need to take it upon yourselves to have a look to see what you're taking um, so it may be the possibility is he could have taken something um, not knowing um, the trouble is this is the second positive test now we're waiting on the B sample and if the B sample comes back negative then obviously I think it, it just gets washed away whatever that A sample was um, I mean for me the, the major the, the, the one thing for me is if you're if you're an athlete and your uh, your training to do whatever whatever your your speciality is, whether it could be athletics or whether it be boxing or football, whatever it is. That I don't. I mean, I've played football for several years, and you know, maybe I'm a bit old school here, but I don't need to take anything. I don't quite get these protein shakes. I mean, I, maybe I'm well off here. Maybe that this is something that. You know that people know a lot more than I do, but just what, what exactly you? I know exactly what I'm putting in my body every day. Whether it be an ibuprofen or a, a paracetamol because you've had a few beers and up before, or maybe a vitamin D tablet. You know what I mean? That's about as much as I'm putting in my body. Now I don't know necessarily what exactly what other stuff there is out there for fighters. You know, to take. So I think from White's perspective, I think it's negligence. I think your team of something's not quite right. Um, you know he's tested positive to something but then on the flip side of it UCAD have picked up on the sample but yet they were fero- both fighters were ferociously tested by VADA and UCAD but VADA didn't pick up anything it's only UCAD that did it and then this is where he it started it's this gray area where there's obviously something on the UCAD list that is on the VARDA list so this is where it, it's a gray area so has he taken something that you know is, isn't is uh, this is where it confuses me I get really baffled but I mean I don't know what your view is on that show. I, I think that's the problem they're not again they're not singing from the same issue you're talking about two different organisations that have got two different band lists and then if if you thought in America he wouldn't have had UCAD he so wouldn't have tested positive I don't know it, it's really crazy I, I think the one thing that really is, isn't good is the fact they didn't even tell Oscar Revers and his team um, and neither the WBC which I think they, they should have they should have really told them and they could have made a decision whether they send their man in the ring or not and whether the WBC actually sanctioned the fight for an elimination belt. I don't know,
0: that's my view. It's weird because, obviously, Spencer Fearon was seen interviewed talking about the fact that, apparently from a source, that Rivas also tested positive for something in the lead up to the fight as well so there's so much stuff coming out from different places, different sources that you really really don't know what to believe and people seem to have the problem I, I have with social media is people seem to have already picked a side and a side of the fence on which they're on in terms of yeah I believe he's done it, he's a drugs cheat, ban him and then people say no I don't think he'll have done it he won't have made that risk, he won't have took that risk he trains at Loughborough University that's one of the places where I know he does a lot of his, after uh, Athletic side of his strength and conditioning work, and, and, and that's one of the best places in the UK to go and train, and there would be a lot of people that will be able to back that up as well, but people are not there 24-7, so if he has taken any type of supplement that has any minute trace of anything that's on one of the banned lists, then that can't be controlled by his team. Dave Caldwell said it on the Trish Dixon podcast a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about Jordan Gill having diarrhea before his last fight with Tinoco and he lost to Tinoco. Then he didn't talk about him being ill. He said, "You can't be with a fighter 24/7. You can't actually be there 24/7 to know whether your fighter has done something or has become ill and not said anything, or is, you know, in this instance, taken a small drink that might have contained some type of trace of something in there. Uh, you know, this type of steroid. Again, I'm not educated that well in in exactly what the, the the drugs are in question or being spoken about. But how do you administer that drug? Is it in a pre pre workout drink? Is it some type?" of supplement, I don't actually know so I don't want to sit here and bang on about things that I can't justify in any way, shape or form all I know from what I've read is that the, the the potential issue with one of his samples they're in court and they're going to be going to court to try and get it cleared because they believe, obviously believe that he's done nothing wrong and what doesn't help is when you get the British Boxing Board of Control just coming out and making a statement about nothing you know I don't understand the logic behind stuff like that why make a statement where you've got nothing to say in the statement and then obviously Eddie Hearns coming out in various different interviews there was one in particular that I seen, and I don't know if you've seen it yourself, the guy from the Barbershop Conversations YouTube channel, absolutely grilling Eddie Hearn, and Eddie Hearn getting really animated in this interview, because this interviewer, this journalist, was really trying to push him on certain subjects, whilst I I really appreciated the fact he was trying to ask some difficult questions, at points it was like you know, the guy's answered your question, why carry on asking the same question over and over if he's already given you an answer, even if you don't agree with his answer, the guy's giving you an answer. He isn't gonna give you anything more if there's a legal battle going on behind the scenes. Did you see that interview by the way? I didn't, no. I haven't asked have to have a look at it. Honestly, you know, for the listeners if you've seen it you'll know exactly what I'm talking about this guy Fred from Barbershop Conversations in America he was at the presser or the weigh-in for Hooker Ramirez he's absolutely going to town on Hearn and he's really pushing him and Hearn gets really animated it's probably one of the most animated times I've seen him in an interview he really started to lose his cool a little bit with with this guy but understandably so at points because the guy was you know some of the questions were just kind of pushed again and again and again he's just like look he ain't going to tell you anything there's a legal case going on why the fuck is he going to tell you, who's got a little YouTube channel in America, about something that's a huge (laughs) case, do you know what I mean it's like me sitting there and interviewing Eddie and going listen Eddie, I don't fucking believe a word you're saying, just tell me the fucking truth he is, he's going to tell me, go fucking do one and never let me come to a matchroom show again, do you know what I mean, so you just you you, you can't do these things, at the end of the day the facts will come out and when the facts do come out then we can have a conversation about it when we know actual facts, at the moment there's too much going around that's speculative and it's so Difficult, and you know, we we are sitting on the fence a little bit here because how come you expect us to sit here and say I'm on this side of the fence when I don't think all the facts are out there and they're clearly not? What one interesting fact, uh, a fact using facts again, uh, one interesting. Comment that came out of it all was the whole Thomas Hauser report for boxing scene. What did you make of that? A guy like him putting his reputation on the line?
1: Yeah, he, he seemed pretty confident that obviously the source whoever it was that told him, he, you know, he, he felt like um, you know it, it, it was it was more enough evidence for him and enough proof that he was ready to put his neck on the line. So that made me sort of think, well, you know, maybe there is something more in this. I, I don't know. Why would someone like Thomas Hauser come out and start saying what he said? If there wasn't any truth behind it, um, I mean, all he knew was there was an A sample that he's been tested positive for. I mean, he mentioned the fact that such and such should have been told. Yes, he should have told the Reavers camp absolutely but you know the other thing was there was a there was an independent panel hearing on the day at about um, and obviously the the British Boxing Board of control, control felt that the fight should go ahead and UCAD were happy for that as well so that makes me again think that well if it was that bad if it was like a Miller case for instance who you know who was a blatant cheat then they wouldn't have allowed it so uh, and the British Boxing Board of Control you know for me they're, they're pretty decent they're not going to just let someone go in if they're you know if they're highly charged off of whatever they've taken I, I, I'm, I'm a bit I don't it's really difficult because I mean you, you've got respectable people like, like Thomas are coming out and saying no this is what he's been told and he, he's right you know obviously there was an example that was positive I don't think anyone said that that isn't the case I think that's the one thing we all know is pretty true we just don't know what it is Although people believe they've put out there that they think they know what it is, when they don't, they don't know what it is. Um, so, if any listeners out there, you know, they might say it's this and the other, and you know, you can have a look at. Uh, I have, uh, as I say, uh, like like yourself, Sean. I'm not, I'm not clued up on it. I've, I've never really sat down and sat through the list, and you know, I'm not a fighter. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the fight of, of the fight game. I'm not gonna have to brush up on on, on the uh, <laughs> what 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 you can and can't take. That's down to the fighters to do that and down to the camp. Um, to make sure that they don't they ain't taking they shouldn't. So it's just a really tricky one. I mean, I mean, there was one thing. I mean, this is this isn't anything boxing related, but you know, I read a recent article about. I don't know if people were aware, but there's a guy called Sun Yang. Um, he's a Chinese Af- uh, Olympic swimmer. Um, he's he's basically champion of like, over like three distances, and he was allowed to actually compete despite a previous ban on his record. Um, for use of a banned substance and there's also another case pending for another banned sum- substance that he took but yet he's able to compete and he's actually just competed in Korea I think he was and he just won the 200 and 400 metre freestyle and you know the, the two guys that like Silver and Bronze refused to sit, stand on the podium and he's on there giving it the old R1 oh, you lost. it just it just it was weird how I read this it's just on, on the back of what's happening with White obviously there's a clear difference you know this is swimming you know that's swimming this is boxing you know no one's going to get any harm in swimming you know someone will beat you but they're not going to you know get you're not going to get badly injured or you know god forbid anything worse um but what i did liken it with is that fina allowed him to continue fina are a bit like you know the british board of control they are the organization that decide whether or if someone can go and swim and the boxing board of control were the ones that decided why can step into the ring so yes there are you know this chinese fella for instance Sun son yang i think Clearly, he's cheating, I think. But then with White, it's not so clear. There are grey areas. Um, UCAD have seen his positive. Vada haven't, obviously, because Vada would have picked up on it as well. So it's a difficult one. If you've got, the end of the day, it's, it's the organisations that are the ones that decide, the, that make the decisions. With Canelo having a six-month ban, you know, with, with Miller having a six-month ban, for goodness sake. I mean, what is that about? That guy should be at least suspended for two to three years. White has been over. Uh, Deontay Wilder has been over it, giving it. Uh, White uh, should be out for eight years. I mean, we don't even know the insides and out of it. You know, he's coming over, giving it the absolute Barry McGregor. And he, what is he talking about? He doesn't even know. But yet, fans of his will jump on that and go, "Yeah, White's a cheater." When that's just that's ludicrous. We don't know that. You're jumping on the bandwagon when you don't even know enough. Which just says a lot about that man in a way. Deontay, I can't stand the fellow. He's just so it drives me nuts. I mean, he talks about two guys who just died in the ring and yet he's talking about murdering someone a few uh, a month ago I mean it's just absolutely deluded that fella. So I mean, anyone out there that actually listens to this crackhead—I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously, he's an absolute joke. Anyway, you know, I—I'm—I'm I'm with you. I think I think the whole thing is just a bit of a mess. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm disappointed because obviously he's tested positive. I, you know, who? Yeah, it's just so frustrating. I mean, again, this is just another thing, another tarnish on boxing. You know, two guys have just passed away. Now you get this, and it's just—I'm going on one issue, but it's is really frustrating, isn't it? And as a boxing fan, it really does. It annoys me and it frustrates me so much.
0: Yeah, and you know, just echoing what you said about Deontay Wilder there, you know, he comes across in a lot of the interviews that he does, he seems like a normal guy. But when he said he wanted to put a body on his record on more than one occasion... And he's got a cheek to come out and sit there and slag Dillian White off for uh, what we don't 100% know is uh, 100% positive tested for a band. You've mentioned it a couple of times. Has he actually tested positive for something? Or are we just speculating again there has he has there actually been facts out there that say he tested positive for something because i don't remember hearing that
1: i have i have seen um I've seen a couple of uh statements where people actually put down what it is, but i don't know what it is i really don't i've not even looked into it so
0: uh, who knows? Well, this is this is it, though, isn't it? Like, the facts are not 100% clear. So people are, are, are sort of interpreting that he's definitely took something, he's done this, he's done that. Nobody knows. I'd rather wait until the facts come out before I can really sit there and say, Dillian White, you've made a massive mistake and a massive fuck-up. Or Dillian White, you know, you, you should be applauded for actually fighting the case. It depends on what comes out of it all. That is that at the end of the day. But Deontay, Wilder coming over here, just looking for a bit of attention. He's looking to piggyback off the attention that White's getting, really. And I know it's not the greatest of attention he's getting at the moment, but let's be honest, the attention is worldwide. The spotlight has been on Dillian White and Eddie Hearn this week because of what's happened. And it's overshadowed, something which I believe is more important in the sport, and that's someone passing away as a result of injuries sustained in the ring. So he just seems like he's piggybacking off a, a bit of it. I mean... He- why, why would he say things like that? You know, Why, why get involved at this point? You know, you, Again, you're just opening yourself up to a slander accusation, so why do it? But it's the answer, that we well, he can't help but have his 10 pence, so we'll leave him to it. But let's just take a little pause for one moment to give a shout-out to the sponsors for BTR Boxing Podcast. It's Bear Attack Boxing, providing high-quality boxing gloves, boxing equipment to your suitable needs. You can find them at www.bearattackboxing.com. and all over social media. You've got the Fight Pro 1 gloves, the Pluto gloves, the new Bear Attack Boxing t-shirt range, the inner gloves, the hand wraps, some great boxing products on there. So go and check them out. And also, we've got a little present for you. Because you're a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, we've got an exclusive discount code for you. Now, it's a 10% discount. And all you've got to do... Is when you're at the checkout and you've got them boxing gloves and that t shirt in there that you want to buy, go onto the promo code and enter BTR10 for 10% off. And 10% is not something to be scoffed at in this day and age. It can definitely get you a few quid off them high-quality products that Bear Attack Boxing are selling. So, as a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, when you buy or purchase something through Bear Attack Boxing's website, in the promo code, enter BTR10, and you will get an exclusive 10% discount off your baskets. So, please, go and take advantage of it. Follow them on social media, Bear Attack Boxing, and it's bearattackboxing.com. UK. Let's talk about actual boxing now, boxing that happened inside <laughs> of the ring, and talk about the Hooker and Ramirez fight from over the weekend. And This fight actually went uh, a different way than what I expected it to do because I was tweeting out I felt like Hooker was going to win this one on points because I've seen him sort of grind his way to victories over guys with similar style to Ramirez, but the way Ramirez went in there uh, and broke him down was was really really good and i think myself included here i think i I give Hooker a little bit too much more respect than I did Ramirez for the fight and I think Ramirez has come out there and shown a lot of people that he is, you know, he's the guy to beat in the division, he is the guy to beat in the division in my eyes, he's just shown me, watching that fight with Hooker, that he, for me is the best in that division at the moment and I think Jack Catterall, who was supposed to be the mandatory to Maurice Hooker is now potentially going to have to fight Ramirez and people were saying Jack Catterall hasn't got a fucking chance in hell over the weekend which again remains to be seen because he's not had the opportunity yet he's not been tested at that level yet so we don't really know but Ramirez has just shown me as a, as a fight fan more than anything that the guy the guy is the real deal man he was the champion as well We for, forget that he wasn't all about hooker Ramirez was also a champion as well so at the end of the day this guy is now a unified champion he's now basically the king of the the old light welterweight division the super lightweight division so you know there's one more fight out there for him that he can take other than Jack Catterall which will make it into sort of a complete unified division but for me he's he's the best guy out there and what a fight man did you enjoy that
1: oh I thought it was a brilliant fight I mean he- a contender for you know one of the fights of the year for me um, I, I really enjoyed it from literally start to finish. It was just it was ebb and, f- and flowed for that really i mean you know that, that that first three minutes, the first round was a cracker i mean Uco obviously got called to be knocked down incorrectly in my opinion. i thought i thought Maria, uh, Ramirez was still on his foot as he went down um, but what Ramirez showed was that you know he had a, he had good head movement you know he, that's if you're going to if you're gonna, if you're gonna managed to get inside from that jab you know especially with hooker he's got got a nice long reach he used it at some points in the fight not always but at some points he would, he would literally he'd throw that left hook and he'd follow up with that big right hand that hammer rod right, right hand of his and he took some big shots Ramirez cause he got a chin um, and you know it, it was just it, if, if you want to learn how to get on the inside of somebody with a longer reach than you it's just your, your constant head movement your footwork changing the angles and he did all of those things. he done all of those. He was slipping the jab brilliantly. Hooker was unable to, you know, at one point he was unable to get off the ropes. He, he, he had, you know, his head moving, was, he was constantly moving his head so much that Hooker was just unable to just point that that pinpoint jab of his. He was, you know, if you're not a moving target, you know, it's, it, you, it's just so easy to hit. But Ramirez, You know, he he was brilliant. I'm really, really impressed. I mean, on the flip side, I thought Hooker, he had his moments uh, when he was able to maintain that distance with the jab and follow it out of the right. And then he threw like three big left hooks as well that clearly rattled Ramirez, but he just kept coming. And then obviously in the sixth round, that left hook that just set up the finishing combination was, was a belter. As soon as he landed that, you could see Hooker was in all sorts of trouble. But what I did really like about Ramirez was the fact, you know, the onslaught and the finish was so clinical. Um, and and it, like we already mentioned, the fact that the you know referee has been criticised for not stopping it sooner. But I thought Ramirez showed great speed, desire. He showed good accuracy, and he just he just showed. That once someone's in trouble, he can put them away. And that's basically what he'd done. Um, and I can't blame the referee. You could see Hooker was inevitably going to go down. And I thought we saved him from going down. It happened so fast as well. That, that fight was even. I think, I think one of the. One of the judges had it even. I think a couple might have had Ramirez in front. uh, But it was a tight fight. It could have been either way. Three or four of them rounds could have gone either way. And Hooker, to his credit, you know, he showed good heart. And and he he threw some big bombs on Ramirez. Ramirez couldn't take it. But, you know, the thing is with Hooker, I think when you you mentioned uh, you tipped Hooker... I did as well, I have to admit. I thought Hooker would, you know, would have enough. I mean, that's Saucedo, Saucedo, I was pronounce his name wrong, but that was a cracking fight last year, and he was in trouble early on and then come back and won it. So when I was watching the fight, I was thinking maybe it's going to be a bit of a mirror fight to that, but in the end Ramirez has done the job. He's um, got Freddie Roach in his corner, he's obviously doing wonders for him. Um, so it would be interesting, because obviously we've got um, the uh, Boxing Super Series final, haven't we, with uh, Taylor and Progress, so whenever winner of that fights uh, Ramirez I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think so, I think that's the logical fight, isn't it? Pagrai and Taylor facing off, and then the winner of that goes in with Ramirez to unify the division, essentially, and that's exactly what we want as fight fans, to be honest with you, but like I said earlier, I referred to Jack Catterall, you know he was the mandatory for the Hooker title, which was it? What was he it, WBL, weren't it? Hooker had that's um, right. Yeah,
1: yeah, the uh, intercontinental title.
0: Yeah, so obviously Hooker was the, was the WBO champ until just recently, and then obviously Jack Catterall had fought for the Intercontinental version, which put him in position to 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 fight Maurice Hooker And obviously now that that's been he's been dethroned by Ramirez. Will Ramirez take a fight with Hooker in? with not with Hooker with uh, Catterall in the interim to to then sort of get himself ready for a fight with the winner of Brian Taylor which is uh, obviously we've yet to get a date for concrete yet so that you know could be the fight for the end of this year you know Jack Catrell could get his shot against Ramirez they're talking about it Jamie Moore Jack Catrell both mentioning that they'll, they'll be happy to take any of the two fighters who was going to go in there on Saturday and they've got Ramirez and they're still happy to go forward to go in against Ramirez so that'll be interesting and that'll be another debate to have on another episode but yeah really really good performance there from Ramirez. I mean, Hooker, you know, he, d- he didn't really deal with the movement, as you said. He didn't really deal with the fact that he wasn't a standing target and he was able to move around the ring, use that lateral movement and get in and get out and get underneath the long arms of Hooker. And that's what impressed me a lot is that he just he didn't give respect to him he didn't give the respect that some of the other guys have been in there and given him before and I think that was the difference and and he's a bit of a spoiler as well isn't he hookers you know a couple of fights where he just looks a bit uh, i just got to use a few little tactics to spoil fights and in this one he didn't really get the opportunities to do so although he he did perform pretty well himself he didn't perform well enough to get the win so Ramirez goes in there he's you know essentially he's unified champion of the division now we want to see whether he can go on to become undisputed champion of the We've got Pagri and Taylor going at it, so that's gonna be you know another great situation to have down the line as well. So I'm really looking forward to the super lightweight finales really towards the end of this year and maybe the start of next, which is what it'll probably bleed into. So yeah, really, really good fight. And then we also had Javante Davis destroying Nunes as well in their fight and Davis looking like he's certainly ready for uh, another big fight, and we'll definitely want to see him now face off against Tevin Farmer, who also won over the weekend. And Davis, is he a guy that you think could break into the top ten with a win over someone like Farmer?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I think I think he's got. It, there's no doubt about it. He's got a whole lot of talent, uh, to, run to Davis. Um, I still think he's with the wrong promoter. I don't. I don't really. I don't think Mayweather is a good fit for him. Um, I just think that Mayweather is cautious about who he's putting him in the ring with. Um, and he is young, don't get me wrong. Gervonta Davis is a very young guy. Um, but, you know, for me, I think, you know, Ricardo, I mean, Ricardo Nunes, for me, wasn't anything big, was he? I mean, I, I, to be honest, I'm not too. Familiar on on his career and what he who he fought. To be fair, but when the fight was announced and you know it, it went how we expected it to. Um, I mean, the one thing with Joe Davis, Davis was in front of his Baltimore home crowd. That was good for him. Yeah, he's got 22 wins, 21 knockouts. You know, he's he's, he's calling out Farmer um, and Farmer obviously in his his performance. He was he's getting booed halfway through that fight because he you know it was just. Again, he didn't take any risks. Uh, maybe he should sign up with Mayweather. <laughs> Mayweather's got, <laughs> got the wrong team. Um, but, you know, Tom, he's is skillful. You know, he's got, he's got. you know, from what I've seen, he's, he's got a lot of ability. He can evade shots. You know, the only other thing is, who's he really thought? Um We've got a, a couple of British fellas over there and he's just put them to bed, hasn't he? I think, to be honest, Eddie earns has sort of fed them. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, I don't think any of those guys were any, you know, I think Carroll, John Joe Carroll was one and I can't think who the other guy was. But, they were just well out of their depth from the early doors, um, but yeah, Kevin Farmer needs this big fight. He needs a big fight, and he needs to prove himself. And I think Javante Davis would be perfect. I think he seems to be willing to take it. It's just Davis again. He, he's called him out. He said he wants, him, he wants a unification, but Mayweather, you know, in, on the blind side of things, is going yeah, but he's young. We can take his time. So it's like you know, again, that's why I just think he's he's with the wrong guy. I think Davis is good enough. You could stick him in with Farmer. And I think he actually beats him. But you know, as I say, Farmer is tricky. He he will be elusive but it's a good fight Styles make fights and I think Davis and Farmer that that has got the style to make a really really good fight
0: yeah I would look forward to that I want it to happen one of our guys for each Sleep Boxing with Pete put an article out and uh, we've got a few new writers actually and this one was from Thomas Cathy from the USA all the way from USA writing on the recap of this particular fight and he was basically alluding to the fact that obviously Javon does need a big fight like this now and we need, we need these fights for him we need to see if he is the real deal and he looks like the real deal and he's stopping opponents in emphatic fashion and he's getting these big victories but he's either against guys that are probably a little bit past the best or guys that have got you know a relatively padded record. So we need to get the farmer fight going. We need that type of fight for him because for me, if he's gonna be the next superstar of boxing then they've got a lot to contend with with all the other guys that are out there. The Lomachenkos, the u you know, these two in particular uh, are basically going to be taking over in the next 12 months of the way they're going. So, Gervonta Davis, you know, a guy that was spoke about potentially fighting Lomachenko not too long ago, you know, there's a potential future fact that could still happen. Do you know, there's lots of possibilities with Davis' career, and I don't know if Mayweather is the right fit for him, as you were saying earlier. I think maybe he needs to come away from Mayweather, and he needs to be with somebody that's really going to look after his career in the right way, And, and I'm not suggesting Mayweather isn't, but I just don't, I just, if I was getting into the sport and I was given this big opportunity and I was given a couple of people to select from, Mayweather wouldn't be my first choice. He wouldn't be the guy I think, oh, yeah, Floyd Mayweather, 50-0, undefeated fighter, blah, blah, blah. I'd, I'd never think about it, because I just don't think he... I mean, we've seen what happened with Adrian Broner. Look at the way Adrian Broner's career has gone, and there was all the prospects of, of the Mayweather-Broner relationship going on and doing great things. And look where Broner is now. You know, he's He just seems like a guy who's pretty desperate for attention and pretty desperate in in sort of the actions he takes outside of the ring and yeah there you go i think i wouldn't really sign with mayweather i just think he's he's too self-centered he's too egotistical and i think you'll always be living under his shadow constantly and that's just my opinion so if i was picking somebody else i'd I'd want to go with a different promoter al Heyman's probably the best person for him al Heyman would be the best person for him to to go with and say look He can guide your career in the right direction. He can take you into the right direction. And I couldn't think of anybody else... Out there that could do it. I mean, obviously we've got Eddie Earn in the U- in USA, you know, snapping up fighters left, right, and centre. But I don't know. Again, I don't know if that'd be the right fit for someone like Davis. So yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, I imp- I was impressed with his performance. I Can't say I wasn't, but I can't say I wasn't also expecting it because I was expecting it. So you know, it was just to sort of tick in the box again for another win and another KO on his record. So another another great performance from him. And obviously Tevin Farmer got his victory also on Saturday night. Early hours of. Sunday morning so he's obviously setting himself up for this potential fight with Davies but if that doesn't get made then again for both of these fighters you know where else can they start to look towards because there's little else left for them at the moment within the division I think and I think we need to start thinking about either one of them just needs to kind of move on and move up or one of them just needs to go for a, a big name because otherwise people are just going to start to get a bit bored and start to accuse them of, of cherry picking fights so yeah that I mean that's just my yeah. thought on it, I mean I don't, I don't think everyone will agree on that but that's just kind of how I interpret things at the moment with with these particular fighters in question so yeah overall it was, uh, it was a pretty decent weekend for it really in terms of obviously the USA action and it's been a bit quiet obviously over here in the UK but you know we're coming up to a, another decent week for boxing with the, the next gen show which we'll probably discuss later on in the week so I, I was pretty, pretty happy with the performances over the weekend but the, the week's been a bit of a murky week and a weird week because everything that's that's been spoke about as events that have happened outside of the ring with Dillian White and the passing of two fighters and, you know, they, 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 it's pretty sad sad week to kind of be having to cover off really I didn't think I'd have to sit here and, and constantly be talking about a lot of negativity in the sport and, and, and all the bad light that's been shone on it this week with people calling for boxing to be banned and then there's obviously drugs, cheats, situations and it's just been a bit of a shit week in the press for boxing oh,
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more Um I mean, just going back to Davis' farm, I think I think you're absolutely right. They this this is the fight for that um you know for that division for the light uh, junior lightweight division. Um, it has to happen. I mean, Javante Davis fluctuates with his weight. I w- I'm I'm still surprised he was able to make weight. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this fight doesn't happen. He does move up. I think that probably would be the next move for him. And I'm with you. Someone like you know. Al Heyman, I think that'd be perfect, you know, with the PBC. And there's a loads of guys over there that I think um, he'd fit nicely in with. I think I think maybe it was completely wrong for him. But going on to the other stuff, I mean, <laughs> um, it, it's just been a bit shit. I mean, you've got those, the, the two fellas that passed away and, you know, RRP to a pair of them. And, you know, you know, we just you can't even imagine what their families are going through. And as I say, the guys that they were in the ring, they shared the ring with that night. That's, that's not going to be nice for a fighter. It's going to be difficult for them guys to to pick themselves up and come back from that. And, you know, Dex Bellman, I keep mentioning Dex Bellman because he's the first person I sort of think of when, you know, because it was quite recent and he's managed to to turn his career around and become friends with, you know, his family. So, you know, there is, sometimes there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but it's not been a good week for boxing in terms of what's happened. um, And then obviously with Dillian White. Um, I suppose the one other thing that I picked up on was, was the Frank Warren statement as well which I just thought, what is he, you know... Why does he have to can't stick the boat in for as well? Again, you know, you got you got Wilder coming over shouting accusation and sort of basically tarnishing white before we all know all, anyone knows the facts and then you get Warren that jumps on the bandwagon and, and starts having a go at her and you're like, Really? Like this is this is where he comes a little bit stupid and this is where I think these egos interrupt what what it's all about, you know, this is boxing, they are athletes at the end of the day, you know, these guys work themselves hard, you know, those that don't cheat, those that don't take drugs and actually they grow Draft all week, you know, 24, you know, they stay away from their families and you know, they put a lot of effort in to get into getting to that ring. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes unfortunately you know all that hard work goes out the window maybe you're not good enough or you just didn't prepare right but you know again you know you've got to have the utmost respect for these guys to step in the ring and have the bottle to do it you know when you've got some of these keyboard warriors sitting behind their flipping computer screens giving it the old big and when they ain't got no fucking clue I mean let's, just, let's be real here you know there are two guys that have just passed away thats that, that as you mentioned that that's not good that's really bad and it's a tarnish and, and it's a black dot again on, on boxing um, and then with why with, with as well it's, it's just it's, you know we just don't know what's going to happen but people like Frank Warren and Deontay Wilder and for those who want to jump on it and just you know want to pick their side and just make accusations I don't think it helps I just think it makes everything a lot harder for everybody else so you know my opinion is it's a bit of, it's a, bit of a dampener um, and I think Hooker and Ramirez brought a smile to my face as I was watching the boxing so I really enjoyed it maybe it isn't all the bollocks that's been going on I actually enjoyed that board and probably should have actually but um, great fight and um, yeah well it, hopefully we get a
0: good card on Friday. Yeah, and obviously we'll look to try and touch on that a little bit later on this week to talk about our thoughts on, on that next-gen card uh, and obviously some of the fights that are happening over in America. We've got Adam Knoaki and Chris Ariola going at it as well, so there'll be more stuff to be talking about by by the end of the week, I'm sure. But yeah, like you say, you summed it up really nicely there when you talk about what, what the week's been like, a bit of a murky week in boxing and, and obviously one of the, the saddest weeks in boxing for various different reasons. So, you know, it's been a bit of a bit of a somber one but you know i've really really enjoyed being able to discuss about certain topical subjects like i want to hear people's thoughts on twitter and, and tweet us at btr boxing pod about the uh, the early stoppage and late stoppage debate as well i want to know what people's thoughts are on that the the comment on twitter from one of the users talking about how would you incorporate video action replay into fights and would it be logical to do it i honestly don't think it'll make no difference and if anything it'll ruin the sport like it's kind of ruined football in certain instances as well so I don't want to I don't want to dwell too much on it but I want people to tell us what they think uh, also as well just while we're on the subject of the, the murky week and obviously the sad passing of the two two fighters over the weekend there has been a couple of GoFundMes set up for both of them I believe uh, and I think you know if anybody's got the opportunity to just stick one dollar or one pound in UK money or whatever you've got really just try and throw a couple of quid in for them because you know like I said at the start of the show these guys they go in there to entertain us they go in there to provide fighter fans with entertainment but they don't just do it for that they do it because they want to make a living they want to make a better life for their families and that's what's more important than anything when it comes down to them sacrificing themselves in the ring and this is what's happened with two fighters here so if anybody's got the opportunity to go and check them go and fund means out and even just stick in a dollar, two dollars, three dollars two pounds, three pounds whatever you you know you can throw in there do it because at the end of the day these guys are gonna have funeral costs to pay for they're gonna have the rest of the kids lives you know it is and especially in America where they were based as well because these guys don't really get it as good in some respects as what we do over here. You know they don't have free national health service like we do over here. They don't have things that you know these things have to be paid for. They have to have insurances for it. They have medical bills. There's obviously all different other taxes it's completely different so You know, if anybody's got the opportunity to go and do it, please go and do it. Even if you just drop them like a dollar... In, in, in that goal fund me if, if you know a few thousand people did that then there you go there's a few extra thousand pe- you know a few extra thousand dollars, yeah. pounds in their pockets and hopefully it'll give their you know the fighters' kids a little bit of a of a better life of course. So I can't echo that enough and obviously with the whole white situation we'll we'll come back on to that when more information has been released and more factual evidence has been released we can have a proper conversation about our genuine sort of thoughts based on that information at that point. But as always it's you know it's been great to talk about about things, but just feel a little bit somber about talking about some of the horrible subjects that have gone on this week.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah, um, yeah. I can't echo, I echo that as well. Um, definitely jump on their game, okay. you know, get get the go on the me and just you know, give them a quid, Jesus, whatever. You know, you get a few thousand paid without it go a long way. And these guys ain't they ain't multi-millionaire fighters. These fellas, you know, these are you know they, they were very early in their careers and they they were earning a hell of a lot of money, which I think some people sort of get a little bit overwhelmed with what happens and what you see on T V and you think these guys earn shitloads of money. They don't, they work for very hard um, and you know it's just it's just crazy that you know I think I think people some people just need to go back to Joyboard never actually look at boxing and just see it's like on the grassroots I always say grassroots it's not quite the grassroots but the old gyms you know and seeing these kids that are coming through and you know these guys as I say they graft their arses off um, for, for, for our view and pleasure so you know you've got to have respect for these fellas some of them are absolute clusters when they're you know <laughs> when eventually they get a bit big headed but you know that's just part of parcel of it unfortunately but let's be honest here two guys have lost their lives that's not Good and you know, just let's just make sure you know we hear all the facts from what's happening with Dillian White before you make and cast your your assumptions here. Let's just get all the facts in and then, and then make you know, rather than if you find if he get found out that yeah, he was cheating, you're only gonna, you only get them certain people that yeah, I told you, I told you, which is you know, it's stupid really. I mean, come on, yeah, we've had the war pulled over all of our eyes, if that is the case. But I'm not going to go and condemn Dillian White until I know the facts. Um, I didn't with Miller. It's not like a favouritism thing. I, I wouldn't with any fighter. I didn't with Canelo, but he got six months and Again, he had an A and a B sample. Um tested positive, but we didn't jump on the bandwagon with that. So, Or not many of us did. Um, people just seem to forget that. And now he's like one of the pound-for-pound pound best in the world. Sort of what, a year later? So, you know... It, people, one thing you do know with boxing is that we have a very short memory and I think a lot of fans have a very, very short memory when it comes to boxing. So, even if it is positive, who knows, probably six i down the line, Dillian will probably be backfired again with Miller. <laughs> who knows? Let's see what happens. But, um, yeah, just, just, just don't sort of jump on the bandwagon and just assume that he's a cheater because he might not be. Yeah,
0: let's just see what happens. That's it. So guys, thank you as always for listening to myself and Johnston. And if you want to give us both a follow, you can. We're on social media, on Twitter, at IamBasto and at JohnstonBrown82. Give us a follow. Give us your opinions on what we've been talking about on the episode. And as always, follow us on social media, BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well. Check out all the latest episodes there'll be more episodes coming into your ears over the next few weeks as the season starts to heat up again and we start to get some great shows coming up over the next few months so thank you very much for listening guys we'll see you on the next episode of btr boxing podcast A dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the-